In this episode, I sit down with Mimi Hayes to talk about brain bleeds, book publishing, and what it's like to be a comedian in New York City. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big changes. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, I'm sitting down with, uh, how should I describe her, one of the most unique individuals I've had the, the pleasure of speaking to. Her name is Mimi Hayes, and she first came into my world because she was a listener of this show. Uh, she moved from... Uh, Mimi, where are you from? Denver, Colorado. She moved from Denver to New York City with absolutely no opportunities lined up, which is probably one of the most insane 1980s type moves I've ever heard of. And since then, she's just absolutely created an incredible incredible platform for herself and and accomplished one of her biggest goals, which is to get a book published, something that she came here with about this incredible story of just being put in a very life-threatening situation. And so I'm going to let Mimi expand on that in this conversation, but I want you guys listening to this to really think about this conversation as where you could be. When Mimi first uh, reached out to me, she had just moved here. She had no job lined up. The book wasn't even like it. She had no clue how that was going to happen or if it was going to happen. And since then, in the last year, almost two years, she's really created something for herself. So no matter where you are starting from, if you have no idea what you're doing or how you're going to get there, just remember that by taking those tiny leaps, you can make something happen. And then from that something, you can turn it into something else. So Mimi, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's start with what I think is potentially the most interesting question and, and obviously the most fascinating thing about you, you built, wrote an entire book around it. Uh, what, what happened? What, what happened to you? Why were you in the hospital? Why did you have to relearn how to, to write and, and function and uh, like, tell us what, what went down? Yeah. So, um, it was just one of those really weird things where I was at this point in my life where a lot of things were changing. Um, I started teaching. I was getting into my student teaching career in Colorado and um, kind of been through a lot um, since like graduating college. But all of a sudden, um, some things weren't right with my health. I was kind of dizzy. I was having these like weird kind of pressure headaches out of nowhere. And um, pretty soon we found out what was happening after several kind of like misdiagnoses and uh, I had a brain hemorrhage. So, um, that was crazy, uh, because I didn't know that like your brain could do that kind of thing. I didn't know that that was like what happened to young people. Um, but it can, um, so yeah. Just to, uh, just to add some, some additional context to that for anyone who maybe doesn't exactly know what a brain hemorrhage is, like what's going on in the brain with that? Yeah. So for me, um, when I was growing, 
as a as a baby, they think what happened was um, a tiny clump of cells just kind of like clumped, just clumped up there in my brain. Um, it wasn't doing me any harm. It was just kind of how I developed. And then for whatever reason, um, stress is my, um, was, was what I think happened. Um, that structure just like filled up with blood, like <laughs> just randomly. Um, so I guess it's, it was for me, it was kind of like a slow motion stroke. Um, so if you know about strokes, they're a blood kind of like gets into the brain and, um, damages a lot of your brain. Um, so for me that got kind of kept in that little area. So I was really lucky in that sense because, um, that's not the case for a lot of people. So pretty scary. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what was the recovery process like? So, uh, after they told me that, you know, your head's bleeding, uh, which was kind of the craziest thing anyone ever said to me at that point in life. Um, they said, you know, you need to take a rest. You need to like go on bed rest. So I got sent back home. Um, and they thought that maybe that it would go away at some point that the blood would kind of like reabsorb into wherever it came from. Um, so that didn't happen. It actually ended up getting bigger and, um, I ended up losing kind of like functionality in the left side of my body. Um, I was having like very trippy double vision. (laughs) So like sounds kind of cool, but it was like, it was very strange. Um, and lost about like 20 pounds of muscle mass and was just like very, very sick. And at that point they were like, okay, um, you might need to come back in for another MRI. Let's check this out. It's not getting better. It's probably getting worse. Um, and then at that point they decided to do a brain surgery. So and they went ahead and took it out of there. Um, <laughs> um, obviously, you know, I'm very casual about this, but it was like, it was a very serious, uh, ordeal. Um, so then after the brain surgery, I went to, uh, rehab center for about two weeks and I relearned how to walk and see and just be a normal person again. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, and then after that, it was a couple months of some more therapy and then I finally got back to the classroom. So, so after going through that process, having to relearn basic function and, uh, just really fight and, and work to, to get back to your old self. Do you in fact feel like your old self or do you feel different in some way? I feel like this was like a total rebirth for me. Um, like I, I am the same person I always was, but somehow because of this, I have different views on my life now and I'm a stronger person than I was obviously than before. Um, but I just see things a lot differently now. And because of that, I, I treat situations differently and I try to treat people differently because I know how scary it was to think about that, um, to be in that position. And I think it was harder for my family than it was on me personally. I think that they had to go through a lot of that, um, and try to hold it together for me. Um, but I think in terms of like, it's like the new normal. Like that's kind of how I can describe it is like, mm-hmm. I still struggle with some stuff now. Um, you know, I can't, you know, New York is probably the hardest city for me to live in because it's so loud here. <laughs> and, um, it's just the hardest thing for my brain is to deal with, um, stimuli, you know, lights and sounds and crowded subways. It's not fun for my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I deal with things, um, as I, as I deal with them now and, it's just normal for me now. Like, Oh, I have some double vision still when I wake up in the mornings, you know, I'm clumsy. (laughs) I'm really, really forgetful, like more so than a lot of people I know. Um, so that's just the new normal for me now. And, um, 
I think I'm happier about that because it's really um, changed my view on on myself and other people. Right. Right. So then I'm 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 dying to know. Uh, you go through this this I'm assuming very scary process both for you and your family. Uh, you you deal with it. You work through the rehab. You get back to this place where you are a human being again. Uh, why then move to New York City? And wasn't there wasn't there like fear around that of like what if something happens again and I'm I'm not around my fam? Like how did you how did you make that decision? Yeah, so that took a couple of years. Um, I was teaching um, in Colorado for a couple of years and I loved teaching and I loved that I was able to teach, you know, because I, for, for a while, it was not clear if I was going to be able to do anything again. Um, but when I was teaching, um, I started thinking about what I wanted to do with my life and I was not happy where I was. And I had this book that I had started writing when. I was going through it and, um, New York was kind of this crazy idea I had when I was at like my lowest point and just starting my second year of teaching. And I just had this moment when I was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore, you know, but what is it that I'm going to do instead? Like, I just literally asked myself the question, like, what would you do if you weren't teaching? What would you, where would you, would you go somewhere else? Would you finish writing your book? Would you try to get it published for real? You know, would you do any of those things? And so the first thing that came up was New York because it was always this kind of place of like magic and comedy and write. It was just this golden thing that I wanted, um, that I'd always felt connected to New York in that way. Um, and I'd visited once before and I was like, Oh, I could never live there. It's, it's too loud. It's too crazy. It's, I can't just go to New York and be a comedian and be a writer. That's ridiculous. Um, but then I actually was like, no, it's, you could, you could try, (laughs) you know, like, um, I gave myself the permission and I needed other people to give me permission to, you know, I, I needed some friends to be supportive of that decision. And some weren't, you know, some were like, that is the craziest thing you've ever thought of. Please stop. You know, like your brain is still working on being better. Like you shouldn't just throw everything at the wall, but, um, I did. And actually some stuff stuck to it. So, um, I feel blessed in that sense. Would you say that, uh, Mimi before the hemorrhage would have been able to make that decision? Like, let's say that never happened. No, no, I, I do not. I do not even think that's the same person, you know, like mm-hmm. the Mimi now is like pretty fearless and kind of hilariously. So like, <laughs> um, <laughs> just putting myself in situations that are like, what, you know, that's, that's crazy. Um, you know, I'm just launching this crazy book and I'm going to do all these crazy things with it. And I think the me before, first of all, we've never been in that situation, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, wouldn't have thought to like dream that big. Like, I don't think I would have thought to do those things for myself. I was very like dependent on other people and relationships and, um, just always kind of never really thinking quite for myself. Um, cause there's a big difference between, you know, Oh yeah, this is what I want. And then actually challenging yourself on that thought. Like, is it, is it what I want? Is it just because I think I like, because I've been doing that for years and I'm comfortable doing that, you know? And that was kind of where I arrived was like, no, you need to ask yourself like the harder questions. And I can finally do that now that I'm here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. And I found that things like that, that, that leap of, well, can you do this and, and is it the right move and, and all of those things? Uh, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I find that it's, it's so much easier to actually do when you do it. And I know that sounds silly, but like, but by just sort of jumping and, and going for it, you recognize, well, this is not as scary as it seemed. Yeah, it's, it's exactly it. Because, um, before you jump, it's, I mean, I remember that just the days leading up to moving to New York city and I was like, I have nothing there. (laughs) I have a cousin who lives in Jersey. Like that's what I have, you know, like I had no anything. And, um, I think when I took myself out of that fear and I was like, well, if you have nothing, then anything goes like your ex when your expectations are that low, when you literally are like, no, I'm just, you know, we'll just go there. And if I run out of money in six months, I'll come home. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, when you, it's extremely stressful <laughs> when you think about surviving in New York city in that, in that way. But when you jump, like you said, you're already free falling. So it's like, you might as well see what's going to happen. Um, which is just a lot easier than being in a life that you don't love. Like when you're, complacent in that and that's kind of where I was at and so I had to like break out of that and just totally scare mm. myself and just move to New York City so I'm happy I did yeah I mean New York City is happy to have you uh <laughs> so the, the book is called uh I'll be okay it's just a hole in my head which by the way incredible title Thank um <laughs> like that, that's the kind of thing that you see on the bookshelves and you're just like what what the hell is this oh that's uh, right <laughs> what I Tell, tell me about the book. What story does it tell? Because obviously during this entire process, like I'm assuming the core of it and, and full, full, uh, full transparency here, I've read it. But <laughs> what I'm trying to, to say is that just by the title, you assume the core of it is this story of the brain hemorrhage. But I happen to know that there's like six or seven actual stories in there. So I'd love to hear from your point of view, like what story is it telling? Yeah, you know, um, it's weird that you say the title is great because that wasn't the original title. Um, But then when things came together and I actually was reading the book over and over again and thinking about those themes, it just came up and it was like, oh, this is so fitting and that is totally the story I'm telling. So even from the very title, like, I'll be okay, it's just a hole in my head. It's like this this crazy journey that I go through in a very short period of time with several different traumatic things happening to me with relationships and my health and me actually asking myself, like, am I going to be okay? Like, am I going to survive this? Am I going to heal? Am I going to ever be the same again? You know, when I was in a hospital, it was the weirdest thing because I was 22 at the time, you know, like 22 year olds don't sit in wheelchairs and roll around, you know, like it was something that I just, did not know if I was going to be okay. And I had to reassure myself. And I did that through a lot of different comedic, you know, reflections of my situations and sometimes deflecting and coping through comedy and making my situation lighter than it was when it was pretty heavy. Um, You know, so there's a lot of stories in there that I hope that a lot of young people can relate to because a lot of us, even if you're not going through any, Thing that's crazy with your health a lot of times you're like am I going to make it through this like this is really hard this is really crazy and um at the end you know I'm not going to spoil it but um you know at the end I just really I think I've I come a little full circle with that question and um realize the things that led me to that those situations in the first place support for this episode comes from Thrive Market Thrive Market is a revolutionary online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable 
for everyone. You can shop for thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products, always at 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. And while you're there, check out the Thrive Market brand products because they are the highest quality ingredients at even more affordable prices. Now, I'm a big fan of Thrive Market myself. I tried them for the first time earlier this year, and I was blown away at the overall experience. From the moment I first landed on the page and realized that I could sort products by values to ensure I was always getting something I would feel great about purchasing, all the way through the checkout experience and my package arriving at my doorstep in just a few days, Thrive Market was easy to use hassle-free and gave me easy access to products that quite honestly I got to experiment with because of Thrive Market. I got to try these products for the first time because of Thrive Market. Now I'm in love with them and guess what? I get easy access to it using Thrive Market. So if you want to get 25% off your first order plus a 30-day free trial, all you have to do is head to www thrivemarket.com slash tiny leaps. There's no coupon code required. So head over to www.thrivemarket.com slash tiny leaps and browse around. Your 25% discount will be added at checkout. That's www.thrivemarket.com slash tiny leaps. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. And uh, I mean, having read through it myself, I can definitely speak to it having it, it, it having I think accomplished what your goal for it was. I mean, it, it's the kind of thing that as you're reading it, uh, you both get to go on this journey of recovery for you and dating and all of the different things that you cover. But it almost forces you to sort of reflect on your own life and, and start to recognize that you will be okay, regardless of what's going on. Like, it's ultimately probably not that big of a deal and you're going to be fine at the end of the day. Uh, so you, you have this, this very traumatic moment, this thing you have to deal with. You, you go back, you recover, you go back to teaching, you spend a couple of years in Denver. Finally, you, you work up the courage and you say, you know what, screw it. Let's do it. I'm going to jump ship and go to New York city in your hands, you have the this manuscript that you've been working on. No idea what's going to happen with it, and and no opportunities lined up. Like, what are you thinking the minute you step off the bus or plane or whatever it is you took <laughs> to get here? Oh my god! Um, so first of all, I thought I was going to work at BuzzFeed. Uh, I thought I was going to get immediately <laughs> hired. <laughs> um, so when I stepped off the plane, it was very overwhelming because. Um, I'd been to New York once before, but never like to live there. You know, like it was a very, um, crazy thing where I was like going into the city during the day and I was like bringing, um, my resumes and I was like, you know, the first goal for me was like, find a job, you know, you have to make money and survive. And like, that was right. the key thing for me was, okay, what are your skills? You know, you don't want to teach anymore. We know that for sure. You've kind of been burned out and traumatized. <laughs> um, so you're not going to teach right now, but what else can you do? Okay. Um, you're a writer, you know, like, oh, you can get a job at BuzzFeed. And like, you know, I literally went into BuzzFeed headquarters <laughs> um, with my resume and I was like, hi, like, can I go upstairs and talk to Dave? And like, I knew one person at BuzzFeed that I had communicated with like six months ago, you know, about mm -hmm. like an internship that didn't fall, it didn't get it, you know, but, um, 
they're like, you are literally insane. Like you need to leave. Like people not just walking <laughs> Buzzfeed, like get out of here. Um, so I definitely had some, some uh, reality checks when I got here because um, I knew that I'd written this book and I was so excited and I wanted to really build a career and have that book get published. But um, in terms of my writing experience, I didn't have any, you know, like I hadn't been writing corporate. I hadn't been, I had a blog, you know, but a few people read it, you know, my mom read my blog. It's like, you know, it just wasn't anything to write home about. Um, And uh, so it was a lot of like reality checks and I was unemployed for a long time. And during that time I also was like, okay, you, can also maybe enjoy New York a little bit, even though you're unemployed, you know, you can watch your money like drift away, but you can maybe do comedy stuff. Like, so I started exploring the stand-up scene and I've been doing stand-up before and the improv comedy scene. And, um, that's where this opportunity came about as I was at a comedy show. And, um, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like, this is where I need to be. This is my family. Like, these are great people. This is my home. Um, I finally felt that way. And these comedians kind of invited me out to this bar after the show. And, um, I was talking to them cause they're like, Oh, you're a new face. You know, what's your story? Why are you here? You know, you're new. Um, and I was just kind of talking about that I was a writer, but I was pretty shameful about it because I wasn't published. And to me, like you weren't a writer unless you got published, which is just so far from the truth. Um, but in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm just this silly little person. And I got kicked out of BuzzFeed and I'm just like, you know, <laughs> just like whatever. And um, this guy that I was talking to, he was like, oh, a book, like tell me about your book. What is it? You know, what's it about? And he was interested in it. And um then he just was like, Oh, you know, I know a publisher. Do you want me to like email him like with your first 10 pages? I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's a thing that people do. What? And I, I kid you not. Um, that is my publisher is that person from that that's connection. Incredible. Um, so to me, I found the magic of New York very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in terms of like the other pieces filling out over time, like I didn't have a job for six months and I finally got a nanny job and I'm a nanny and like doing the groundwork and hustling and doing all that stuff. But um, for me, like the magic came when I just opened myself up to being in a new place with new people and talking about my art. Um, Mm -hmm. That's not something I was doing before in Denver. I was not, I mean, people knew that I was writing a book, but it's kind of one of those things. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, you know, we'll see it. We'll, we'll see it. We believe it when we see it, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> because everyone, oh, I'm writing a book. Okay. Sure. You are. Um, you know, so I'd never taken it that seriously myself. And then when I finally was talking about it and telling him that it was this actually really good book, um, he was like, great, well, let's, let's hook you up with this guy. Let's see what he thinks, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. that's a real thing that can happen to people. People can just, talk to people about their art or their projects and they can, people are interested in those things. They want to know. Um, so to me, I was very surprised by this kindness of this stranger who I'm literally like sending him a copy of my book <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> um, Cause I'm like, you made my dreams come true. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things that um, whether it was the universe or my openness to the universe receiving that I'm not very, you know, into stuff like that, but I feel like I'm kind of spiritual and I think that like maybe 
I was just happened to be in the right place at the right time with the right people, you know, but I, I made myself there because I put myself in New York city and I, I took the leap and I did all that. So it's just crazy, Greg. It's just insane. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, here's the, so there's two things I want to do with this. First of all, uh, I want to point out that you're right. It was absolutely insane, but insane things happen far more often than we realize. And, and luck happens far more often than we realize. And the, the analogy I always like to, to use here, whenever somebody comes to me and says like, Hey, this, this crazy thing happened or this thing would never happen or whatever it is, is that this stuff is happening all the time. You're just not in front of it. Mm-hmm. Like cars are driving past you all the time. You're just not getting hit by them. It's the same thing. And so, uh, if, if you're forcing yourself in front of these crazy things to happen, eventually they're going to happen to you. Uh, now with that said, how do you do that? Well, let's get practical. Let's look at your story. You took this big risk. So what's the important skill there? Being willing to take risks. You you jump ship and said, you know what, screw it, let's do this thing. Then you uh, pursued something you cared about, your comedy. You you use that as almost as I'm assuming an emotional outlet to help you deal with this risk that you just took that you're now wondering what the hell am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so so you found something you loved and and you got yourself involved in that community. Then you met these people. I'm assuming they invite you out because you're a friendly, nice person who they didn't hate. So stop, be, be likable, like get, but gain the skills to care about others and share yourself with them. And, and people will be more willing to, to bring you into their group. Then this person is talking to you about your book and you are maybe shy about it, but you're talking about it which no one ever does. No one talks about the stuff that they do that they claim they care about because they're embarrassed that it's not good enough or because they feel like they're not really that thing. And so obviously nothing ever happens because no one ever knows that you're doing it. And and so from there, you're willing to pull the trigger. You're willing to actually get him to send it to a publisher. And lo and behold, this crazy thing happens. But it really wasn't that crazy. It was just a set of skills that you had and utilized in the right order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really true. And the, the, big, the big takeaway I want people to get from this is, yes, if you look at Mimi's story from just like the pure surface level of it, it seems like, wow, this is like made for movie type stuff. This girl has a brain hemorrhage and decides to take a big risk. And now she has a book being published and who knows what else will come from this, but it's not that complicated and it's not that rare. Like that stuff happens all the time. I got a book out of the freaking blue (laughs) because somebody listened to a podcast that I made And that happened because I started the podcast and that happened because I acted on this thing that I was frustrated by. And that happened because I read the like it it, it all connects to each other. So these small little steps you take all connects and leads to this big thing. And then when you zoom out and look at it, you're like, holy crap, this person went from this thing to this thing. And you don't see the steps in the middle that made it all possible. Yeah, that's the middle part. That's that's the crazy thing, too. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot. I mean, this book is four and a half years in the making, you know, like this didn't just happen. This was, uh, like you said, this was just a lot of groundwork that thing people can do. And I don't think I realized I was doing those things either. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't think I realized how important it was that I was talking to people about my brain injury on stage, that I was 
preparing myself literally for today. I mean, I was preparing myself for everything that I'm doing right now. I'm having this crazy book launch back in Denver, my hometown, like everything has led up to this. This is like the moment, but I didn't realize at the time, all those things that I was doing were skills, you know, building those skills for that. Yeah. And, and I tell people on the show all the time, Tiny Leaps isn't about finding small things you can do to change your life. It's about looking at the things you can do that may not have an effect for 10 years. Like the stuff you do today may not actually show results for you for 10, 15, 25 years, but it all builds on top of each other. That's what Tiny Leaps is actually about. So Mimi, your story is so incredibly in line with this philosophy and I, I'm, I'm just so incredibly pumped for, for you and the book and, and everything that you're going to accomplish because I mean, you're, you're, it, it's clear that a lot is going to happen for you. And I'm, I'm really excited to, to have you in my circle while it's happening. Yeah. And I think that we should t- tell people, <laughs> um, that the reason, part of the reason why I'm here with all this today is also because I found your podcast. And, um, when I moved here, I literally just Googled like podcasts because I, I hadn't really listened to podcasts before. You know, I I'd started to hear they were kind of big and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like I'm on the subway a lot. I don't know what to do. You know, I can't look at people. I'd learned that, you know, you're not supposed to look at people on the subway. So find something better to do. So I found Tiny Leaps. I Googled it. And I was like, oh, cool. What's this? And I started listening and it was something about this just easy, actionable steps and I would listen to it on the way to my internship. I was interning and I was getting paid nothing and I was writing this whole publication and I was like, what am I doing with my life? I'm running out of money. My book's not published. Everything's awful. (laughs) Um, But I was listening to Tiny Leaves and I'm like, okay, like, all right, maybe there is something to be done. Maybe this is not crazy. Maybe this community of people are people that can cheer me on and support me. And maybe they have the answer. Like maybe they've moved to a big city. You know, like there's always when you have questions about things, cause you haven't done them before. There are people out there who are answering those questions. Like, and you really did that with this podcast is a great thing you have. And it's helped a lot of people. And I think it must be crazy for you. We were just talking about my first post on your the Facebook group uh, page. Um, and it's literally like, hello everyone, I'm running out of money and I think I will die. Like, please <laughs> send help. <laughs> Cause I just moved to New York and I had nothing. I had absolutely nothing. Um, so I think that's pretty powerful and humbling to look at that now, but I'm like, well, I still try to pay rent and I'm still doing this, but wow, I'm doing a good job. Like, wow, good job me. Like, that's great. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you've, you've absolutely come a long way. And I want to, I, I say this to every single person who, who messages me or, or emails me thanking me for the show or whatever it is. Like, I want to make it clear. That's not on me. That's a hundred percent you. Like all I do is sit in my living room and talk and whether or not you actually do stuff that that's a hundred percent you. So to you and anyone else listening who has, has gained value from this show, I definitely appreciate you and thank you so much for your time. But your success is a hundred and ninety twelve thousand billion percent. That's not a real number. I made it up just in case, just in case anyone was confused. Um, it's a hundred percent yours. And, and so all I can do is, is say thank you for choosing to, uh, to allow me, whether it's in, in, uh, 
the form of you reaching out to me or just in listening to allow me to be a part of that journey because I'm I'm honored and humbled. Uh, so Mimi, the book is I'll Be Okay. It's just a hole in my head. Uh, it's available today. So the when this episode is released, the book is live. Mm-hmm. Where can we buy it? What's what's the best place? How do we do this? Um, you can find it on Amazon. It's also available in bookstores. Um, so it'll be in bookstores. If they don't have it, if you can't find it, just ask them and they'll order it for you. Um, you can also order it on my publisher's website. It's Animal Media Group. Um, if you go on my website, uh, MimiHayes.com, you can find it there. Um, I'm also doing my own podcast. So there's publicity happening there. That's called Mimi in the Brain. And so if you listen to Mimi in the Brain, um, you'll find some information there on the book, but also just mainly me interviewing scientists about the brain. And it's super fun, Greg. Podcasting is super fun. Oh, uh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, okay, so MimiHayes.com. Uh, if you go there, you can find info. Go listen to Mimi in the uh, Mimi in the Brain podcast. Whatever, wherever you're listening to this, just do a quick search, find it there. Here's what I want you guys to do, uh, and I'm doing this only because Mimi is a she is a leap, so she's part of this community. I want to support her. I want you guys to support her. Uh, buy three copies. Have one for yourself. Gift the other two to people that you think would benefit from it. And if you do that. Uh, send me and Mimi a tweet at, on, I'm on Twitter mm-hmm. at least at Greg Clunas. Mimi, are you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, Mimi Hayes Brain 1. Okay, Mimi Hayes Brain, that is so not memorable. <laughs> Mimi Hayes Brain 1 <laughs> at Greg Clunas. Send us a tweet. Let us know that you bought three copies. Let us know. Tag whoever you're gifting it to and uh, let's, let's, let's do a contest around this. So buy three copies. Uh, gift two of them. Tag me and Mimi on Twitter or on Instagram at Greg, Greg Clunas on both. And uh, once you do that, you'll be entered to win free coaching from me and uh, and uh, uh, yeah, free coaching from me. Oh, so that's so nice. Hopefully you guys take advantage of that. I, I definitely want to to help her do well with this launch. Book is available now. It's called I'll Be OK. It's just a hole in my head. Mimi, thank you so much for your time. Greg, thank you so much. It's been a delight. And with that said, if you haven't already, click that subscribe button. That's the best way to make sure you never miss a new episode. As always, I've been Greg Clunas. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. Every day.